Today's podcast is brought to you by drinkers like you. To support the show, visit patreon.com slash haveadrinkshow. Are these all real words? Is this just fantasy? Caught in a podcast trying to pronounce all these foreign words. Open your beers, tilt back your glass, and drink. I'm stopping now, Bob. I'm not singing the whole intro to Bohemian Rhapsody, even if it is Czech loggers today. Let's go ahead and have a drink before I have to say uh, Scaramouche or Fandango. Welcome to Have a Drink, the show where you learn along with us about what you drink. I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. Hi. Hey, guys. So I, I do like that it's very timely to have the uh, the Queen reference, and I've been watching uh, some good omens. Even though I'm a few episodes in, and every time someone's in a car, it's always Queen playing, but they've not called out the joke from the book yet. Mm. <laughs> it's it's hard to explain the book, yeah, you know, the joke from the book, where it's every tape deck left in a uh, in a car for more than a fortnight turns into the best of Queen. Yeah, but I just I, they I've seen so many opportunities for them for the narrator to explain it. And they haven't yet. So at this point, I just kind of want it to go unsaid as just a treat for the book readers. It just happens. Yeah. yeah, so if you're a book reader, you're just like rolling every time someone's in a car and a different Queen song's playing. Like when they when they hit um, whatever Agnes's descent. I can't remember her name for the life of me now for some reason. Agnes's yeah. descendant, when they hit her with the car, that's it, playing Bicycle. Mm, yeah. <laughs> See, there's there's a joke uh, that they say when they're explaining the thing. Or they, they've explained the thing, and then later in the book, like, He's driving down somewhere and he's trying to play box something something from Bach, but it's box fat bottom girls. Yeah, <laughs> it starts going because Crowley's always trying to play classical music, but it always, no matter what he grabs and what it says, it ends up being Queen. I mean, that's about right. See, I, I never I never listened to the book. I'd say listen because you had the audiobook of it, but I've never listened to the whole thing. But like I, I know of the stuff. But my opinion on the show thus far of the like very short amount I've watched, they couldn't have cast that show better than they did. Oh, I haven't, I is... haven't started watching it yet, so I'm yeah, just um, like um, um, Michael. Is it Michael Sheen? Yes. And uh, David Tennant. Just oh my god! So Wait, it... Michael Sheen? Is that his name? I don't remember his name. I know his last name is Sheen, but. But so uh, it is, if you're wondering if you need to know anything about the book, really, to dive into this, it is basically word for word, sentence for sentence, the book. That is, 
Yeah, Michael Sheen. Sorry. Literally what uh, Neil Gaiman did, because, again, Terry Pratchett came to it like that was his dying wish. That no one expected it to be his dying wish. That's, I, I've bawled my eyes out this week reading interviews where Pratchett sent a letter to Gaiman asking him to adapt it because yeah. Pratchett wanted to watch it before he died. Hmm. And that's the Gaiman says he thought he had six or seven years to get this done, and then Terry died very suddenly after sending him this letter. And it, what became a request became his last request. Yeah, and so, he had went, said something. I remember hearing, reading him saying something along the lines of like, "You're the only girl that loves her as much as I do." Yeah, Neil, and, you've got to get this done. Yeah, and, so Gaiman went full hands on, like to the point that the script was the book. He even says like the first draft of the script was him grabbing his copy of the book, seeing it was about 300 pages, and he just stuck a post-it note every 50 pages, going episode one, episode two, episode three, and that was just basically how they did it so there there is a line uh in the i think it's in the afterword of the book and they're talking about the 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 way they worked together to write it and uh they talk about how uh they they did large chunks of it uh uh over over the phone to each other like they would they were in different continents uh sleeping on very different schedules trying to write uh trying to write this together and they like they had divided up sections uh which led to them you know things like you know angry voicemails to each other you know or answering machine messages to each other it was just like you know neil would wake up sometime around like four in the afternoon uh pick up the you know check his messages and it's like neil Neil, wake up, you lazy bastard! I've written. He's like, I've written everything brilliant, and everything you've ever done is crap. <laughs> Check your email. Like, <laughs> uh, and then Terry would get, in, uh, you know, check his like, you know, early in the morning, and he's like, Terry, Terry, yes, um, you're. It's like everything I've done is better than yours, and you just have to live with that. Uh, like they're just sniping each other and joking with each other as it went. But the other thing was they would get together and take another pass at like each other's chapters and then talk about it. And they were sitting in a room reading it. And then, you know, Terry would go, good job on that thing in chapter 12, Neil. And he goes, uh, I didn't write that. You wrote that. He's like, no, you wrote. And they, and they, the stuff goes, and that's the moment we looked and realized that the book had begun writing itself. (laughs) Which is very eerie when you think about like uh, the good and nice prophecies of Agnes Nutter. Uh, Which no, I there, just the book is just delicious. You should anyone should read it. Like that's just flat. Oh out. yeah, two but, yeah, two fantastic writers before they hit their stride is like what they're known for. Yeah, working together. It's I don't you know, know. You can it's... see everything that they are going to be, and you can see bits of them in the book, but it's. Hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know, Terry was, like, at that point, Pratchett was already very much known for Discworld. Well, he was starting to get known for Discworld because he was a couple of books in, two or three, but he was not Sir Terry Pratchett yet. Oh, no, he wasn't knighted and all that, yeah, no. That wasn't. Uh, because they met when Neil, ha- Neil Gaiman had to uh, interview him for the first book release, <laughs> and then within a couple of years after that is when they uh, they started Good Omens, so... He only had a couple books in by that point. But yeah, I've been bombarding uh, Justin with 
articles that just make me cry. Everything <laughs> Neil Gaiman say because he was talking about. Um, he would get and stuck. I am at work, and I do not have the emotional fortitude to deal with this. So at the premiere, they did a full-on premiere in London for the first episode and showed it for like a whole theater of people, and they left a seat <laughs> open in the front uh, for Terry Pratchett, and they put his trademark hat and scarf in the seat. And it's just like I just started bawling reading this. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> And then no, Neil, you're crying. Yeah, then Neil is talking about how he would he was getting stuck adapting this. Only like the the only thing different as to when they were writing the book was now he didn't have Terry to call to help him and bail him out, and he was just stuck, just kind of like looking into the ether, like asking to no one, you know, what what should I do? He was like, oh god. <sighs> Yeah, that you should look up interviews of the two of them talking together about stuff. It's it's delightful. Very nice. Uh, All right. So, uh, what what what's anyone else been up to besides me wallowing and more not letting uh, Justin ever finish mourning Terry? <laughs> Never. Uh, I swear, uh, a Patreon level needs to be book club, mm-hmm. like a book club episode a month or something. I don't know. We, uh, yeah. For, well, as far as what's been going on for me, I'm still in. Uh, I'm in the beginnings of moving mode, uh, but I own too many books. <laughs> uh, like I've got three bookshelves, and there's not enough space on the bookshelves for all the books because there's other books strewn about the room because I can't fit them on the shelves. So it's going to be. <sighs> Yeah, we, it's a lot. We had that issue. We, we're still getting rid of some more. Just like I yeah. don't know. Like I, I have to. I had to look at them. Like, okay, am I reading this multiple times? Like, what I and I've got so many more. I feel like I have Too more audio books books at this Too point. Many books. Like I'm, I've got more Audible library than I do physical library. Yeah, I've kind of switched, which is good because you can see the bookshelf behind us has become to materialize books because I finally got to unpacking some, and that's when we were like. I'm never reading this again. We started a small little pile. Yeah. So, some of my stuff too is like collections of comics and mm-hmm. I will like like six issue trade paperbacks of comics or right. you know, something like that. Uh and like I have a lot of those. I bought a lot of those uh before I could get to a good comic book store because I could buy them in bookstores. Uh and uh, there's a few of them that I'm like, do I really want to keep this? And then I, the back of my brain goes, yes, because you thumb through these like all the time. Hmm. Every so often I get in a mood and I go through there and I have them arranged by like, these are my DC, these are my Marvel, these are my Image, these are other publishers. And I'll go, I'm thinking I'm feeling like this today. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I do that with audiobooks, actually, which is weird. <laughs> my audiobooks are for my history reading. Mm. That's well, what it's become at this point. It's, oh, um... Kind of, uh, I haven't gotten into it yet, but this is one of those moments where, like, the Facebook algorithm noticed uh, trends in what I like to read, and was like, "Hey, we think you'll like this brand new history of Irish whiskey hmm. uh, short podcast." And I was just like, "Yes, I would <laughs> very much." So I'm diving into that on. Uh, I think it was uh, advertised from Google Podcasts. But that's kind of where I I go for my podcasts nowadays. I started downloading those, and we'll start ripping through them this week. Brittany, 
Oh, I was in, uh, beyond that, like uh, boring stuff. We got new glasses. Um, mm. I am, in fact, more blind as I oh, predicted. Oh, those kind of glasses. I thought you meant like oh, this yeah. kind. Oh, God. Oh, no, no new glassware? No, <laughs> I am can't. barred. I, I'm not allowed to buy We literally can't. Um, but no, uh, I my prescription got worse, as I expected. Um, but yeah, we went to... Uh, so we went to the Warby Parker store. Because um, there's one in Cincinnati, don't Yeah, they... Swanky uh, OTR. They used to be online stores. only and and um, really good quality. And you would pay for the... Normally, like, Bob, you don't have this problem. But, like, so normally if you get glasses, you pay for... Um, don't have this problem yet. Give me about another 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, like, frames and, and lenses typically are, are, are separate costs when you go anywhere else. So Warby Parker does it all in one cost, all in one lump sum. And the uh, the customer service experience was fantastic there. Um, so yeah, I couldn't, I didn't even have my uh, vision insurance card on me. I was able to tell her like, oh, it's through such and such company. And she goes, cool. Just, uh, well, she just needed my name and address and was able yeah. to find it all in their system. I was just like, bam, I got you done. And they, yeah, they just walk around with iPads and like, I, it was just nice. great there. Like the, but yeah, we, I, and I finally got transitions lenses again and I'm just so happy because my eyes are sensitive to the light. So like when I walk outside that it changes to sunglasses and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we got new glasses. We're unpacking more stuff. Um, yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's for the most part it, I guess. That and trying to unpack because again you can you can tell this progress. Wait, yeah, and and we got more of the goal this weekend. I think was to get um, the baby's room basically done and just the get the crib together. Yeah, the only thing we have left to do is get the crib together. Um, and just keep it away from the blood. Uh, we got to get some stuff on the walls, like uh, like the blood and whatever. Yeah, um, and then he finally found his coffee maker. Um, no, that was my goal last night. I was sick of having... So, we have two coffee makers. I have my regular drip coffee maker, and we have a Keurig. Hello. Keurig, Keurig is fine for during the week, when I've just I've got to have some caffeine in me before I head out the door at 2 a.m. It does the job. It does it quick. Quick and dirty. Caffeinates me. On the weekends, I like to have a big pot of something I really enjoy. I'm getting ready to probably switch to like pour over or something because I, I just want to have a better coffee on the weekends when I have time to do it. But this, I was not going to settle for another weekend of having Keurig coffee. <laughs> and I was just like, we are not going to sleep until I find <laughs> the effing coffee pot. And finally, Even if I have to drink more coffee just so I can <laughs> stay awake to find this coffee pot. Now, much. okay, and that being said, we've unboxed just about everything at this point. Still can't find the shower curtain. Don't know where it is. I am at a loss. The, our, our shower curtain has just gone missing. It, I don't know. I, I remember distinctly taking it down, folding it up, and putting it in a box. Yeah. What box that is, it, it apparently is not here. Almost everything is unboxed now. Like, literally, like oh. 99% of everything is unboxed. You see the piles behind And I'm just like... I don't, where is the shower curtain? That's the stuff that's left to be distributed, and it's like mostly unbought. We've gotten everything your, opened. Your house was empty when I left. Yeah, for your apartment. <laughs> like it can't be hiding anywhere. Like I, I'm, I'm confused. But yeah, that's that's the main thing that we have. It's really just sorting well, stuff at this the, point. Uh, call the Hardy Boys. Okay, so the missing shower curtain. Indeed. All right. Well, all right. We so solved the, the case of the missing untapped badges. 
How about the case of the, uh, oh, the movie, movie draft? draft. Oh, yeah. sorry. I, was yeah, we haven't checked it. I feel Scrolled like we haven't checked low. it on that in a million years. It's last week. It's been a week. Same thing. Welcome to your Movie Draft Minute presented by DiamondClub.tv for the week of May 27, 2019. I'm your host, Big Voice Jay. In my younger days, I was addicted to the hokey pokey. Then I turned myself around. Let's go to the scoreboard. Team Junkage Gaming is in last place with $21.9 million. Team Bot Squad gets $9 million from Rocket Man, bringing them fifth place and $60.8 million. Team Game Night gets $7 million from Ma and fourth place with $150 million. Team Ritual Misery gets $19 million from Godzilla, King of the Monsters, and third place with $192.2 million. Team Have a Drink is in second place with $754.8 million. And in first place, with $1,156,000,000, it's Team Movie Party. That's your Stream Team Movie Draft yeah, Minute. All totals are accurate as of June 1st, 2019. Second, second place. Solid, solid placing. Yeah, I... Detective Pikachu is going to rally. No. So, yeah, we're going to we either end in second or third. And second that's place, fine. we're going to have a decent second place finish. I'm fine with that. Uh, again, me and Bob both overplaced Detective Pikachu and Shazam's box office. I feel like, I mean, how hard Avengers was going to hit. Yeah, because we, we decided uh, last draft, or was it those two drafts ago, right, that we went hard. Uh, well, last summer draft. Yeah, last summer draft. We, we took uh, Infinity War and we lost. So we said, you know what? We're staying the hell away from that this time around because it's gonna, it's not going to perform the way people think it's going to. You always think it's going to be a block. Like, nothing will compete. Well, nothing will time, hit Avengers money again. Yeah. Like, for Avengers 1. Lo and behold, the one that wraps <laughs> Turns out. all of it up would. So we we kind of missed that. That mark, that's on us. It's, it's a in my, in, in tricky our, game. In my defense, we were drunk. Indeed. We did win in that aspect. We were the ones who were drunk. Everyone else was miserable trying to get through that, misbidding things. We're, we're drunk bidding against each other, just having a good time. So, Hey, 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 gonna have a drunk time. <laughs> Speaking of having a drunk time, let's get into some untapped. Get riggedy, riggedy, Because there's a lot of them. No badges last week. Our, our cup runs over this week. Mm. Well... I actually almost bought some of this today. Uh, first up, we've got Voodoo Ranger Jucifer. <coughs> that name, though. Introducing Voodoo Ranger's Jucifer, the new heavenly IPA that's devilishly juicy. Brimming with citrus aroma and galaxy and citra hops. Mm. This moderately sweet and hazy IPA is deep gold with an opaque, heavy sheen. Uh, to launch, uh, celebrate the launch of a new Belgian brewing company's latest Voodoo Ranger, we give uh, have the badge with three levels to unlocked. One Voodoo Ranger uh, IPA between May 28th and June 30th, uh, uh, you can unlock the Voodoo Ranger Jucifer level one. Two will get you level two. Mm. <laughs> and three gets you level nine. Now it's three. <laughs> Uh, so but, I can't help but think uh, if anyone remembers when we were at New Belgium and he was so, looking at the fermenters and he was diving in the computer thinking of things to get let us try fresh. There were several fermenters full of this that he mm-hmm. looked at and thought about giving us some. I like I know he gave us just regular Voodoo Ranger, which, again, it's it's going to it's real hard to go back he to regular us, Voodoo Ranger. He gave us the Imperial. Yeah. No, that's true. He gave us the Imperial. 
But I just imagine him going, maybe we can go juicy. No, no, let's just get these guys something. I did love that tour, though. Yeah, and, to be fair, he did give us, uh, at the end of the tour, we got Mural before it was uh, announced or released. That dude was uh, that dude was re- re- ready, ready, willing, and able to hook us up. And he did. It was fantastic. Oh, we, we, we got to drink straight from the teat. Next time I go on the go up there again, I'm taking that same tour. I don't care if it's just me. <laughs> yeah, here's two hundred bucks, and uh, they're like, "Oh, we're the other nine people. It's just me." You just line up all the drinks you were going to plan on. I'll <laughs> give do me, it. give me the two hundred dollars worth. I'm drinking it. One man show. <laughs> Call me a cab. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. Uh, next up, God, I this word though. That, that's not the one I'm worried about. Oh, so, Proveri. Grolsch Pro... Proveri's pro, not going to work here anymore. Yeah, what, what he said. <laughs> uh, Zomerzon. It just gets worse. Um, so anyway, since the end of 2017, Royal Grolsch has launched 12 specialty beers in the Grolsch Proveri's. Um, the beers are brewed in a limited batch in the Grolsch Pilot Brewery by master brewer Mark Jansen. Jansen. Um, Jansen, probably. Beers are only available in selected outlets throughout the country. In these outlets, beer lovers are asked to give their opinion about the beers. Based on this feedback, Grolsch managed to successfully introduce five of the 12 pilot brews nationwide. Weissen IPA, Session IPA, Blonde Saison, and Cruidigi? Triple? Yeah, and a Blonde. Uh, both now available in the iconic brown Grolsch swing top bottle. Grolsch Zomerzon is the newest limited brew. It's inspired by Grolsch Zomergud. God, I'm sorry, you guys. Uh, and a beer that was available 30 years ago. It's a fresh beer that consists of four types of malts. Elder and mm-hmm. lime blossoms and mm-hmm. lemon peel were added during the brewing process, giving mm. Rolsch Zomerzen a floral scent and fresh finish. Look, you're just getting warmed up for what's coming. Yeah, that's true. Um, but so if you check into this beer between June 1st and 30th, uh, you can unlock the uh, the badge for that beer. <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, swing top bottle? What? What the, and then it dawned on me. Oh wait, never mind. No, that's all you need to know is it's the, the exactly swing top import. That's how everyone you'll know it. Just go to your uh, your local liquor store and you'll you'll find those swing tops. That's exactly how you recognize it, it. By the way, before we get into like the next stuff, it was real interesting going through um, going through the import section today for for drinking for the show today, <laughs> and it was it's like just a weird trip back like. I remember all these beers I used to drink. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, uh, we've got a Hopcat badge. They come around every now and then. Hopcat Proud Drinker. June is Pride Month, and our friends at Hopcat have a new badge to celebrate. Hopcat is committed to creating inclusive environments for their team members and guests. So each of their locations is donating to local LGBTQ plus organizations during the month of June. Check into any three beers at a hop lo- Hopcat location to unlock the Proud Drinker badge during the month of June. And they've got the list of all the locations. Look, you know if you got a Hopcat near you. Hmm. We're just going to face it because you've got a problem with the crack fries. We I, all do. I forgot that there was one in Louisville. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's, not, that's just not fair. Why don't we have one? 
<laughs> because there's one in Lexington and Louisville, they're like, we don't no. need to put one in Cincinnati. That's stupid. <laughs> there's like, there's literally not one in Ohio at all. Because it's Ohio. Dumb. No one wants to be in Ohio. That's not the point. <laughs> I, for some reason, I was going to like start like, throwing out Pride Month things for uh, like bits or whatever. And I can't load any, and it's making me sad. Oh. It allows me no, no emotes. That but. badge is like one of the one, one of the ones of, um, I mean, one of many, I guess. But uh, that would make me wish that you could get like just stickers of these, you know? That, oh yeah. That little heart in the middle, I just noticed, and I was like, that's a really good sticker. Yeah. Next up, we've got from Sierra Nevada. Is he Pelavesa? Okay. Anyway, there's so much to love about summer. Farmer's tans. Nope, that requires being in the sun. Playing hooky from work. I need money. And coolers full of crushable beer. We have a winner. Uh, there's more than, uh, there's way more than that, but there's three, uh, three's a good list. So jam your ice chest full of hazy little thing IPA, pale ale, and Sierra Vesa. And your friends just might cry to tears of joy when that uh, pot of gold shines in their face. Whether you're at a campsite uh, or overcooking burgers in the backyard. Overcooking? We we said medium rare, Dave. Uh, Enjoy this perfect trio outdoors. Where exactly? Wherever you want. Hashtag enjoy outdoors. Hashtag ice beer for president. Uh, Unlock Hazy Pelveza. Uh, badge by checking into one of each of the following beers. Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, and Sierra Nevada Sierra Veza. Check into one of each of these between June 1st and August 31st. The Hazy Pelveza badge is yours. I plan on getting this. Well, yeah. I have not had the Sierra Veza yet. Yeah, I The two are great. I like them. Sierra Veza, I haven't had it yet. Need to have it. Mm-hmm. I almost bought a Sierra Nevada sampler pack today just because I was walking by going, I need beer that's not dark and heavy. I just I just want something refreshing. I saw so many cervezas. Like well, yeah. different yeah. from yeah, I know it's the time, but I'm just like holy crap. Like everybody's like on their game. Um okay, so rounding off the uh the untapped. But are there cervezas proud? I would hope so. Uh, we have the Pride Month badge. As we mentioned, June is Pride Month. Uh, Pride Month began as a commemoration of the 1969 Stonewall Riots in Greenwich Village, during which LGBTQ plus patrons of the Stonewall Inn fought back against harassment and intimidation. So there was a great post, I just had to cut in with this, it was about uh, Pride Month and the whole remembering Stonewall thing. And they are like, no, this all came about when some queens... Literally got so mad that they decided to throw bricks at cops. <laughs> and yeah. here we are today. Mm. Um, so now regarded as the catalyst of the modern gay rights movement, Stonewall celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. I did not realize that. Uh, since then, LGBTQ plus people have worked tirelessly worldwide for equality, recognition, and acceptance. For the month of June, we celebrate the achievements and contributions of LGBTQ plus folks locally, nationally, and internationally. We also mourn the loss of those that never had the opportunity to see a better world due to senseless violence and discrimination. Pride reminds us to cherish what we have won 
remember what we have lost, and keep fighting for those in our community still in need today. Craft beer has brought communities closer all over the world. Whether you're brewing it, pouring it, or drinking it, anyone can enjoy a beer and connect through it to others. We are proud to be a platform that brings people together to celebrate beer in all forms and maybe learn a bit about each other along the way. We hope that LGBTQ plus people can find a safe space in their local breweries, and we are excited to see more and more members of the community making beer together. One of our core values at Untapped is diversity. We respect the individuals we work with and embrace differing perspectives. We collaborate effectively with people of diverse backgrounds and cultures to make better decisions. Um, so basically, if you check into any beer between June 1st and June 30th, so the whole Pride Month, uh, you get to unlock the Pride Month 2019 badge. And a new Pride sticker pack will be available in the photo editor uh, on Untapped. So uh, it says, we hope everyone has a wonderful Pride Month and encourage all to continue making the craft beer community a safe and inclusive space for LGBTQ plus people around the world and cheers to living openly loving proudly and embracing diversity side note you can get some great uh pride swag at target yeah amazing amazing target always has great stuff for pride like it gets better and better every year i feel like i there's a a onesie i wanted to get for him that's um it says uh love makes a family i'm like this is Mm. the best i love it All right, well, uh, that wraps up Untapped, and here's where we used to shove in a small news segment, but guess what? We have a whole new show, and you can go check that out this week, because it's brand new, where we're talking about uh, some injunctions coming down, a big win for Miller with AB InBev, and we have more AB InBev, because they decided to dip their toes into the, I don't know, not mead, but mead-like market, we'll say. (laughs) The malt mead beverage market. Yes, and uh, about an epic yard sale at the Pabst Mansion. So oh you can, yeah, you can get all. Also, that. have we also have we crossed a line in terms of whiskey science? Yes, uh, has science gone too far? You can catch all that over with Have a Drink News, which is new this week. All right. Well, and then we of course have a topic to cover. Been up that truck. Seeking bastards. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. Been up that truck. I mean, maybe. I feel like that's fairly accurate know. on this episode. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm feeling it. I mean, I'm not drinking super disto right now, but I'll get there. <laughs> I'll get there. Um, so let's do a. Uh, oh, by the way, I got my pride badge. So we've we've talked about loggers before. We've talked about pilsners before, which the Czech are very uh, very uh, prominent in the Czech people, the Bohemians. Hmm. Uh, but let's do a little recap in case you have not listened to those episodes because they're long ago and we were worse then. Because uh, you shouldn't listen to those episodes. This is the point here. You you should do whatever you think is right, but just remember we've improved since then. So no, anyway, it's our journey. Again, it's been pointed out to me this whole the whole point of this that we started it was our journey into this, and that was our point of the journey. Then it's true. That was our That's frame true. of reference. We everything. We. I also understand George Lucas now. Uh, 
Anyway, let's go back to the 1800s. Get back into the Wayback Machine. Kick the dog out. He shouldn't be wearing glasses. Why, why, does, the, why does the dog have a child? It, it's very disturbing. The, the child's just a pet. Anyway, let's go back to the 1800s, and we're going to go to Germany. Uh, German brewers were... Well, okay, we aren't going to Germany. Didn't exist for a chunk of that, but whatever. German brewers were experimenting with cold storage. There wasn't refrigeration then, so brewers would take their beers to frozen caves in the Bavarian Alps, packed with ice from the lakes and mountains, and leave it there for the summer. Uh, This long brewing meant that the yeast and other heavy matter in the beer would settle, leave the drink with a clean taste and a pale color, and also carry high levels of carbon dioxide. Tiny bubbles on your mind. These Bavarian lager beer uh, were much darker than the pale lagers that most people recognize today, due in part to the heavy water of the region. Not heavy water in the way that you're making nuclear material. <laughs> However, these dark brown lagers, uh, known as dunkles today, and they still exist, and they're still delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, over the first half of the 19th century, brewers continued to experiment with the lagering technique as it spread across Europe. Uh, the beer maker Gabriel Selenmeyer, uh, the second... The younger. The younger sounds so much better. Like just, <laughs> well, title. just the second, the younger. Wait, so there were two Gabriel Seddenmeyers the second, and this was the younger of them. All right. Yes. Uh, he's uh, he was of uh, the Bavarian Spaten Brewery, and he set off a journey across Europe's uh, countries with the intention of perfecting lager brewing. And as a result, others he met began their own ventures. It's just sort of Johnny Brewer seed. Johnny Logger seed. Just Johnny out Logger there. Seed. Yes. He's going around uh, spreading the good word of uh, going into caves. Sticking yeast everywhere he could. Uh, the 1840s, the Austrians developed the amber red Viennese uh, beer uh, using light, lighter malts than the Bavarians. So that's how you get your Vienna Loggers. No. Mm. Who knew? We did. But... For some reason, I immediately just got the more you know. Like, thing in my head. <laughs> uh, well, then the unthinkable happened. In 1838, the citizens of Pilsen, Bohemia, which is now the Czech Republic, uh, the brewmasters of the town rolled 36 barrels of ale out into the street, opened them up, spilled the beer in the main square of the town, letting it run into the ditches. And finally into the nearby Radbuza River. Savages. Take, take my hat off in, in honor of this beer. Shed a single tear. The brewery had decided that the ale had become... The brewers had decided the ale had become undrinkable. Uh, I imagine there were people out in the streets going, I'll show you undrinkable. <laughs> yeah, like grabbing ladles and whatever they could to scoop it. <laughs> Just st- face on the ground, mouth open, going, ah... There's horse dung in that, and they're like, I don't, don't care. care. Free beer. The, the, the picture, the, the thing from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, where they're just like, ah, just enjoying all the all the stuff. Even for uh, brewers of Pilsen with over 800 years of brewing experience, issues of contamination could still come up. Ales were prone to being spoiled either by wild yeast or bacteria. By this time, brewers in Bohemia and across Europe had learned the importance of yeast to the brewing process. It wasn't magic anymore. <laughs> you mean it wasn't the magic wand? 
was the magic wand, but we could explain the wand with science. <laughs> uh, there was some debate about whether the fermentation was living in the uh, was a living process or the byproduct of death of yeast. Uh, but there was no question that the mysterious life forms had a big effect on the character of beer. The Bohem- uh, people in Pils hired Josef jo- Grohl, Bavarian brewer. Bavarian brewer is a real fun name title to say. Yeah. Uh, to come to Pilsen to teach them uh, the lo- German lagering method of brewing. I feel like you almost have to say all this in the like the uh, beer fest like. Bad stereotypical thing. Bavarian brewer come to Pilsen to teach. I hired Josef Grohl, the Bavarian <laughs> brewer. He came to Pilsen to teach them the German lagering method of the it's brewing. A, it's okay. Never mind. I take that back. Right. Figured. Figured I could. I could ruin this for you. <laughs> Legends hold that in 1840, a monk smuggled some of the precious lager yeast out of Bavaria. Whether this is the case or not, when Noel arrived, Pilsen already had a supply of lager yeast available. Huh. Hmm. Imagine that. Uh, he also found a nearby source of excellent Saz hops, the noble variety of hops that would become familiar from Germany. Uh, the brewers of Pilsen uh, had had a well uh, had a well that supplied very soft water. The caverns carved for the lagering in the local sandstone. The stage was set for lager brewing. Mm-hmm. Using light barley, only partially malted, and none of, uh, none of the roasted or smoked barley in the German, bre- uh, German brewers were using, Grohl, as, uh, yeah, I think it's Grohl. Grohl added generous portions of the fragrant Saz hops to his brew. On October 5th, 1842, he and other brewers of Pilsen gathered for their first taste of the new beer. It was the greatest beer in all the land. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... When they tapped the cask, they saw the beer's color of straw was light and clear. We could see right through to the other side of the uh, Bohemian uh, crystal glass. Still cool from the lagering tunnels. This was a surprisingly refreshing beer, not dark and heavy like the ales they were used to. The brewers of Pilsen knew that they had a great new beer here. Thanks to the Rabuzin River, not only did the news of this new beer from Bohemia spread, but so did a lot of the beer itself. Pilsen, or Pilsner, uh, beer was born. And since then, Pilsner Urquell became one of the most co- uh, copied beers in history. So much so that the brand name, Pilsner, became the name of the style. Hmm. Unbex. Yeah, <laughs> Unbex. So yeah, uh, as it's to be known, Pilsner is the most drank style of beer in the world. You know, Pretty taste. It's the time of year for it. Yes, it is very much the time of year One for would it. think, unless you're trying to find it some... Like, uh, I'm still, All right. still butthurt, sorry. So, the Czech lager style family, as defined by the 2015 BJCP style guidelines, is divided by both color and alcohol strength, and includes Czech pale, Czech amber, Czech dark, Czech premium pale, and Czech pilsner. Checked all the things. So we've yeah. got Czech pale, Czech. amber, dark, premium pale, and pilsner. Those are the... Checked all the all things. Right. And so all the, the colors. So do the Germans. Well, most Checked German with all and... the colors of the beer. <laughs> well, oh, most German... Know how I got to there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, most German and American lagers are heavily filtered. Czech lagers often feature unfermented extract, which provides a style family with fuller body and mouthfeel, as well as richer and more complex flavor profile. 
continue uh, below to discover beers evaluated in our official review style. So that was from Beer Connoisseur, and things things are going to get weird. Fuller body and mouthfeel. Yeah, things are going to get really hard to pronounce. So so just bear with us. Oh God, this okay. We have to record a disclaimer. Yeah. I, like I meant for to have every... that in the beginning, but Bohemian Rhapsody kind of took over when I was doing the intro. No, that's fair. I mean, why wouldn't it? Well, uh, but we have to record like a generic disclaimer for all of this epi- podcast. Like, this podcast is made by Americans who can't speak other languages. By Kentuckians. <laughs> by, by Kentuckians who can't speak English hardly. Listen at your own at your own. <laughs> we look stuff up, but that means nothing. <laughs> For some reason, we keep electing Mitch McConnell. Don't ask us. Ugh. It's just a thing here. It is what it is. I mean... like... People like turtles. I like turtles. <laughs> All right. Uh, so a little more. <laughs> I don't like turtles. Mitch McConnell. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's a witch. He needs to be burned at the stake. Some more from the BJCP. Czech loggers in general are differentiated from German legislative turtles and other Western loggers in that German loggers are almost always fully attenuated, while Czech loggers can have a slight amount of unfermented extract remaining in the finished beer. This helps provide a slightly higher finished gravity and the slightly lower apparent attenuation. Slightly fuller body and mouthfeel and a richer, slightly more complex flavor profile in equivalent color and strength beers. German lagers tend to have a cleaner fermentation profile, while Czech lagers are often fermented cooler, about 7 to 10 degrees Celsius, and for a longer time, and can have light barley, uh, barely noticeable. Where did I go barley? Probably because we always talk about barley. Barley noticeable. I mean. Barley <laughs> noticeable. It's the pirate in me. Uh, near threshold amount of diacetyl that often uh, perceived more as a rounded body than overtly in aroma and flavor. Czech lager yeast strains are not always as clean and attenuative as German strains, which helps achieve the higher finished gravity, uh, along with mashing methods and cooler fermentation. Czech lagers are traditionally made with uh, decoction mashes, decoction mashes that's kind of a tongue twister that's like there. a really messes you up there look uh there was a uh, i think one of the episodes uh i did with uh gnarly gnome for cincy brewcast when we were talking with uh some of the guys over at alexandria brewing and talking about getting into decoction mashes and how that's uh that's a fun thing that they could talk about forever but even with uh, modern malts, while most modern German lagers are made with infusion or step infusion mashes, these differences characterize the richness, mouthfeel, and flavor profile that distinguishes Czech lagers. Hmm. So, uh, to differentiate some of these, uh, comparing some lagers, we have, well, let's start uh, talking about Czech or Bohemian Pilsners. The birthplace of this beer is sealed in language. Pilsner means from Pilsen in Czech. Czech-style Pilsners are moderately tinted pale yellow with low to medium uh, noble hop presence. They are characterized by slightly sweet toasted biscuit and bready aromas and flavors, as well as moderate to low carbonation. More than 150 years after its debut, Pilsner Urkel remains the standard bearer. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. The name is used freely worldwide, but in the Czech Republic, only Pilsner Urkel is called a Pilsner. Of 
according to the BJCP, German Pilsner or Pils. So that that's it. Like flat out, if you want to know, uh, from... if, you, if you want to take a quick look to see if it's probably going to be a Pilsner or a German style, mm. a Czech or a German style, Pils or Pilsner. Yep. So uh, if you're in in the birthplace of the beer style, Pilsner or Kell is the only. Like that's that, that's it. I feel like that's the place. Like I feel like if I was in Pilsen, I could just say, "Give me a beer," and they're just going to give me a Pilsner or Kell. Yeah, that's probably going to be the case. And I, mean, I would be kind of like, I'd be fine with. Yeah. That. Okay. Fine. Good on you. <laughs> These the term Pils is more common in Germany than Pilsner uh, to differentiate differ, differentiate it from Czech style, and uh, some say to show respect to the BJCP rights on the history of German Pilsners. Uh, the style was adapted from the Czech style in the 1870s to better suit Germany's uh, mineral water and domestic hops. It's lighter in body and color than Czech Pilsners and tends to be drier and crisper. The bitterness is more lingering and the carbonation is higher. German Pilsners pour with a pure white head and have moderate to pronounced noble European hop aroma and flavor that come from late hopping during the brewing process. No. Early on, we were kind of like, well, one, we were very kind of like anti-hops. We were doing the, when right. we started out. But we were also kind of like, oh, it's fine. Like, I mean, noble hops, I guess they're fine. Now, like, sometimes I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know what? Good old-fashioned, old-school hops might not be the worst thing to have. <laughs> sometimes you're sitting around and go, you know what? I just need to chew on some hop nuggets. I mean, not literally. I mean, I also think that sometimes I'm quickly proven wrong after i do it but i sometimes I say, think that i've learned my lesson apparently it physically <laughs> Brittany, hurts. i learned no lessons <laughs> all right uh so a little what we're more familiar with here the american pilsner or american lager the much male aligned american pilsner it can't even be marketed as a pilsner in europe keep that in that mind. seems that seems right that's right yeah that's... <laughs> is making a comeback but its humble roots date back to Don't the 1800s German immigrants brought traditional... You can't call it a comeback because it's not even the style. German immigrants (laughs) brought traditional Pilsner brewing styles to America when they immigrated in the mid-19th century. Anheuser-Busch was one of the breweries that started with German immigrants and German brewing styles. American Pilsners today are still closer to the German style with a few key differences. Well, I will say this. Because of EU laws, they can't... uh... They can't even call it Budweiser in uh because there is there. an actual Budweiser over there. That's recognized oh, yeah. by the EU. Yes. They have to call it Bud. Mm. Up to 25% corn and or rice is the grist should be used. Uh, the Brewer Association writes, this style represents the classic and unique pre-prohibition American style Pilsner. Style generally has medium-low to medium-sweet malt flavor, medium to high European hop notes. American Pilsners have significantly less flavor, hops, and bitterness than traditional European Pilsners, the BJCP notes. All right. Today, however, the innovative craft brewers like Firestone Walker, Victory Brewing, and Oscar Blues are experimenting with adding bold American hops to their beers. And you can find episodes from us in our back catalog on most of those breweries. Yeah, yeah. actually. All of which are great. Uh, yeah, I was like, we haven't... Uh, uh, yeah, sorry, I just threw Rosie. We 
we have talked about almost all of those, haven't we? We haven't done anything on victory, um, have we? Victory, I don't think so. No, no. We, we've mentioned them briefly because they formed that new uh, new organization with uh, Southern Tier. Well, well they did well in mm-hmm. our first uh, Meriton Bowl, I think, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. they? Yes, 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 yes. I was going to say, victory was like the, the winner, I, I believe. I was going to say, they got victory. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no. I was like, as soon as you're naming all those off, I was like, mm, good, good, good. Okay. Tasty. All right. Well, uh, beer in the Czech Republic, and I'm just going to put it out. I apologize for all the words that I, I'm going to just. As we like to say, I just expect Zach. it. Buckle up, buckaroo. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with Zach. A lot of, uh, like, not umlauts. Well, no, Whatever they are. Like, there's just, there's too many accent of, marks, a lot of yeah, vowels. A lot of accents on um, the vowels, and it's going to I don't know what a Z with a smiley face above it means. <laughs> Someone tell me how to say that. Or I don't even know what that little, like, it's not even a tilde. I don't know what that is. Looks like, like a head. little man with a hat. <laughs> Hello there, little man. Okay. Sorry, I was pouring my, my Czech Pilsner for the episode finally, and I'm like, man, that's that's got some funky smell. Mm-hmm. That didn't sound good. Um, okay, so, unhelpfully, <laughs> lager is a legal classification for all beers brewed from N degrees to 12.99 degrees on, is it Balings or Ballings scale? Say Ballings. I'm gonna That's say what Ballings. I was saying in my head as I read it. Okay. Um, regardless of which techniques are used to brew them, these beers... So, I will say, as I found that, I was like, that's some bullshit. Yeah, because it's just like generic thing. Um, that's not how. That's not what lager means. Yeah, that's not how this works. Um, these beers are regarded as the flag bearers of all beers, or of all breweries. Sorry. Well, that's that's about right. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, I am not even gonna try to say the Svetly Liska. <laughs> yeah, uh, it means light lager. <laughs> light lager is a classification that encompasses both. Budvar and Pilsner Urkel, a transparent, rich, golden color and a distinctive malt body with the powerful citrus smell of Czech hops, along with a bittersweet aftertaste. Different to conventional wisdom, the top instances of um, of it uh, here aren't extremely fizzy and are actually quite flat. Ugh, that sounds gross. Uh, in general, 4.4... 4. 4, to 5.2% of alcohol by volume is presently regarded as the premier or flagship brew for all breweries. All right. Spoiler alert. I am drinking Pilsner Urkel. It is more flat than I than mm. I would assume from from it saying Pilsner. But. Yeah. Um, the next one is the Dark Lager. Dramel Nyskat. Yeah, I'm not even trying. Like a tea. And I, I want to see if I. I'm just like, I, look, I'm apologizing because I'm. A T shouldn't be before an M. <laughs> uh, yeah. Spoken like a true English speaker. Uh, roughly 5% of Czech beer and its uh, quickest growing export area is dark lager. Uh, this refers to beer made with identical yeast and a similar technique to Pilsner style beer but with a segment of caramel or dark malt and a far reduced presence of hops influenced by German Schwarz beer and Dunkel's and sometimes named uh, black 
Not even, not even trying to check what what he said. Um, though this isn't an official name, roughly about five percent alcohol, black or dark amber in color, with a sandy head or tan and greater sweetness in taste. It's often drunk with cola, rich coffee, ginger notes, and chocolate, and has much less bitter taste than many gold lagers in the country. Sure. About gold lagers in the country. Uh, uh, ew. Um, <laughs> uh, so these specials, uh, the term special refers to every beer brewed over 13 degrees on Balling's scale. Again, that's like something like it's it's close to like original gravity or something like that. And that's that's a bizarre yeah, way to determine your loggers. It's very uh I don't know, it's very vague. Uh Czech law states that a special relates to all beers with over 130 balling as an original gravity, although that can refer to light or dark opaque or clear and all other combinations of this generally the majority are powerful lagers similar to the ram or bach uh, doppelbach from germany some makers here even utilize the czech equivalent word of kotzel or goat (laughs) Uh, so a lot of uh, goat and ram imagery (laughs) is being brought into this and when when you get box you get when you mess with the buck, you get the goat. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Is that a, a reference to the, the showing of testicles from waiting? The goat? Uh, it was the goat. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was a different name when you said that. I was like, but it, yeah. Uh, not necessarily, but it, it may be now. It can, it you, can were thinking, be. you were thinking of the bat wing. The bat, oh, yes. <laughs> when, when you got to stretch yeah, out. Yeah, I'm thinking of the bat wing. You got to stretch that's out right. that scrotal skin, and then you pull it up mm-hmm. over ah. the it looks like a bat wing. Anywho. Uh, Not to think that Batman flies in, which is also called the bat wing. It's, it's all veiny and... It's you know. not. Much like the bat wing. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. I'm picturing it just, flying through the night sky. Just stop. With hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it's it's late. It's late for us. Oh, these rails, we're not on them anymore. No, we can't even see the rails. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, just look to see furry Viking. Just ellipses, Bob. <laughs> That's how most episodes go. Um, Look, it's a bird. <laughs> it's a plane. I think it's both. <laughs> oh, editing tomorrow is going to be really fun. <laughs> this all stays in, right? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Um. Anyway, it's Batwing Man. Getting back to where we were. So, uh, the beers that we, the aforementioned beers span from five and a half to 9% alcohol or more. The hop aroma is small to non-existent, uh, again, cause these are all dark. Um, the flavor of the hops is also less pronounced, particularly in the darker versions. 
Um, the next one is unfiltered beer. So this has similarities to yeast beer, but it's technically not identical to it. Although the terms are frequently confused. This beer is simply beer that's not filtered, as opposed to beer that fresh yeasts been uh, have been added to. It can be gold, dark, or half dark, sweet or bitter, or high or low alcohol. So just the whole the whole spectrum. It can be anything. Yeah. Uh, this is frequently an accurate indication of a quality traditional lager from Czech. Also, this was the Nefutrio Pivo. Yeah, see, Bob's doing the attempt at, <laughs> at the language. Someone has to, because I saw these things and went, nope. Someone's going to try this. Uh, yeah, that's all, that's all you. I'm um, too drunk I, to I'm, try these I'm words. definitely too drunk at this point. Uh, I literally just looked at the can and was like, oh, this is 11%. Cool. Um, and I haven't had dinner. Anyway, so... Uh, Me either. Barrel-aged brown ale. What the hell were you expecting? I wasn't. I just kind of grabbed it because it was dark. Anyway, um... <laughs> So, That's what she uh, said. Uh, <laughs> I asked for that. Okay. Uh, so anyway, the That's next one is Half Dark, which is an uh, uncharacteristically heroic maneuver. Uh, star- what? Staropromum? Uh, revived these the centuries-old Czech style of beer in 1999. Apparently a great year for many media. Uh, virtually single-handed at using a beer named Millennium. It subsequently has been adopted by other breweries, normally called Garnet, Amber, uh, or Garnet or Amber. Garnet or Janta, Yantar. Yeah. Uh, whilst lots of people think of these as half-darks, they aren't actually identical. Um one is a, a mixture of separate brewed dark and light lagers, while the is other... A, is just a black and tan? <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, the other is a solitary beer that's brewed to a half-dark red color. Uh, so probably like the color of like Guinness, I imagine. Um, dissimilar to Pilsner-style brews that normally need very soft water, half-dark beers can be produced with bigger carbonate levels and contain and can contain dark malt and caramel to varying degrees along with pilsner malt exceptionally clear and red or amber in color they're possibly nearest to the lager form uh or from vienna introduced by anton uh, Dreher in the 19th century four and a half to five and a half percent abv slightly toasted texture and some substantial malt complexity along with a balanced hop aftertaste a big gravity variation um, it's the equivalent Bulmatum of the Märzen. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's the equivalent to the Märzen from German- Germany. It's all, it's all you this was the Polmolkievje. Pol- yes, yes. Yes, yes. I really just should have had like Google Translate up. <laughs> should have, because otherwise I'm just going to butcher Czech. I mean, we're it's bad. Like, we don't already get, like, German. You know, like... I've had like now all of a sudden it's a language where every word has an accent. Yeah, we're just like oh, I don't. I've had four know. years of German, can't speak it, and then they're like, "Here's some Czech," and I'm just like, "Uh." No, there's just way too many accent marks, really, um, and my a lot eyes, of consonants right next to each other. My eyes cross and I piss my pants, and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, so the last one here, Pilsner. The yeah. Plitzky Pivo. 
Yeah. Sure. Uh, while this term is utilized for all types of beer around the globe, in the Czech Republic, there's only one, Pilsner Urquell, ensuring it has somewhat of its very own style, characterized by rich and gold, uh, or gold and amber colors and a deep malt sugary body. Urquell's got a pronounced hoppy bitterness derived from a substantial dosage of hops taken from um, Tuatek? Question mark? Sure. Uh, also called Saws. Okay, we've heard, Saws that, heard of that. Saws, know it. Yeah, uh, which, is a, uh, which is the German name. Urquell is the original and so remains the benchmark against which most Czech beers are judged today, although it's closing its appeal in this respect. Losing. Oh, losing its pill. Sorry. Um, lots of breweries now talk of attempting to equal the Pilsner Urquell of two decades ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of re- goes back to like the uh, the news episode we mentioned. Um, <laughs> recalling all old recipes, basically. Um, it got its uh, it got modest quantity of alcohol, only four and a half or four point four percent. Sorry, not four and a half. Um, as opposed to the 5% of many similar beers from Europe, the sugars that remain add to the richness of the body, distinguishing the Czech beer from its lower quality competitors overseas. Ouch. Mm. That's kind of a stab Ouch. there. Um, it but it's also not wrong. <laughs> because look at you know, they're like, oh, it's so hoppy. And you're kind of like, guys. <laughs> like, that's cute. That's cute and all. That's but... cute, but when they say overseas, they're not really talking American craft. They're talking about macro. Yeah, that's that's are. for years. That was their direct competitor here. Yeah, and that's no Pilsner Urquell. When mm-hmm. starting into craft beer, even it was kind of a benchmark beer. If you're getting an import, it was like you can get a Pilsner Urquell, and it's kind of a guaranteed quality type of mm-hmm. beer. If yeah, if if you're making a Pilsner, you're trying you know you're trying to get close to usually like a Pilsner or Kell or something like that. You're but trying if to you're replicate. working in lager, you're trying to yeah. get that kind of consistency, that kind of quality. I feel like this just leads us straight into uh, what we're drinking. I think so. Yes. Drink with me, friend. Even though I'm not drinking to style. I at all. We're drinking to what the hell is in the fridge. Yeah. I mean, okay, so I, I have to like make it known. I did try to find a Pilsner earlier. and Okay, granted, I didn't go to the um, to party source, the liquor store we normally go to. But I was already out, and I checked our um, grocery store and its liquor store. Nothing. <laughs> so I was sad. But I mean, I, I, you know, an attempt was made. Yeah, it, we definitely... There was an attempt made, um, and I was still surprised though because I was like, "Isn't it the time of year for it?" But whatever. Um, yeah, I know that we, we live even closer you to have it to now. Drive Damn, that's past not the point. It. You have to drive past it to come home. <laughs> like we're we're ignoring this right now. I had to go to the grocery store. It's whatever. Um, but uh, instead, I got um, one of the two cans that we had left in the fridge of uh, a local beer. From Streetside Brewery, which you've heard us talk about a thousand times, probably. Uh, it is the, it's called Outer Gods, which is a great name. Um, an Imperial Wood-Aged Brown Ale. <laughs> Jim, All right. You're speaking my language. Yeah. Uh, 11.2% ABV. Um, it is, 
So we go to the description here. Um, so it's a blend of two wood aged Imperial brown ales. So the first is aged in bourbon barrels, um, from a local, um, distillery and then, uh, for a year. And then the second is aged in rum barrel or on rum barrel chips. So the marriage of the two creates a harmonious blend of chocolate and coffee flavors that celebrate the darkness of the great beyond. There's nothing about that that doesn't sound great. Yeah, it says, uh, Hints of caramel, sweet brown sugar, and delightful oak are swirled together to blend in your glass um, for an experience like few others. Brown sugar. Why do you taste so good? (laughs) Right. Uh, No, like legitimately this beer is delicious. Um. I've finished pretty much the whole can. And it's one of the taller cans. Uh, it's, it's a pint. It's a pint. Um, uh, and also, I have to look at if you can see the, the art. <laughs> the art is fantastic. Very uh, Cthulhu-esque imagery yeah. being called out. <laughs> I broke Bob. I don't know what happened. You did. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, Justin, what you, what, you're drinking the style. It looks like I am because he I always also, is. Uh, I, okay, so before we get into what I was drinking, that's that's to style. I grabbed an experiment because Founders is chucking everything into a barrel. Mm. Uh, I oh, I yeah. did grab. I want to know what this this is about. I did grab the Mas Agave. Uh, from Founders, an Imperial Lime Gosa style ale brewed with agave, aged in tequila barrels. See, we have this in our fridge, and I'm so intrigued. But now, I, but I'm also like really worried. I'm worried <laughs> because I remember uh, DKML. It okay? So it's not very heavy on like what you would expect of from a ghost. What what it is is like. Super tequila. Oh, it's it's very tequila heavy. It's a little thick. It's like it feels like it's a, a tequila and agave syrup. Oh, uh, not not turning me off on this yet. Well, I mean, that can go it's, either way. I think it it smells very much like agave. It 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 tastes like it at first, and then the aftertaste is like tequila. Hmm. But there's there's not the the I'm, I'm assuming the saltiness from the uh, from the, the the ghost does kind of help cut some of the sweetness because it's not super sweet, mm. but it's just just a just a pinch a little too cloying. What about but the the lime? I mean, is it is, like the lime's there? But again, mm. mostly what I'm getting is just kind of like, oh, well, here's some here's some agave. Uh, um, I worry about that. It's I recommend at least trying it once, but. I don't. I can't guarantee you'll like it. I'm scared now. I mean, I'm still gonna try it, obviously, because we have like a four pack in the fridge. But I, look, I yeah. enjoyed it. I'm just saying. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, just I'm like saying... really distracted by the, the chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's trying to get me again, and it's it's working. Anyway. Uh, now, what I drank for, what I was planning on drinking for the episode, what I've been drinking for the last little bit here, hmm. uh, has been Pilsner Urkel from Blinsky Prazerov. Prazjo. Yeah. Uh, which is a Bohemian Pilsner. The only game in town. 
Uh, it's a 4.4% ABV. It's got a 3.61 out of 5 uh, from uh, Beer Advocate. And I mentioned a little bit before, it's not as bubbly and fizzy as you expect from Pilsners. Because mm. if, if I think of Pils, like a German Pils, yeah. it's all... It is an import, and that's a problem. in your tongue. It is an import, so that's kind of an import. So there's a bit of that, but but it poured and like had pretty decent head retention. There's there's not a whole lot of lacing at this point now, though. But Mm. it it smells funkier than than tradition than like a pilsner that I would normally find. So I'm willing to bet that's also from the importing. Could be from the importing, although I. I have generally experienced Pilsner or Kale with a little bit of funk. Hmm. Uh, just not a lot. And I'm not saying this is like super funky, but it's just a little bit of, of just something on the aroma that's a bit something else. Hmm. But it's it still tastes tastes pretty good. It's uh taste has a little bit of that funkiness, but it's still very crisp, very clean. Uh, and it's not super hoppy, not not right. like IPA hoppy. Oh yeah, yeah. But and honestly, I don't think that funk is coming from it. It feels like that funk is coming from hop, like a, a like it, it's 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 a lupulin. It's more of a lupulin flavor than it is a hmm. uh, than it's an off flavor. Hmm. So, Different. but then again, I don't know how long this was out, so maybe it is an off flavor. Is uh, Pilsner kills in a green bottle yes okay no oh oh that bottle brown oh i'm misremembering okay yeah i was i was convinced it was green okay so you're thinking of like becks or heineken or carlsberg or something else (laughs) literally anything else yeah uh but no it's still pretty solid uh it's it's been enjoyable today i I agree with 3.61 out of 5 i'm like yeah, that seems about right. It's know, right. If, if you go to style, it is the benchmark for the style. I feel like it should be higher. Well, and I guess it. I don't know. I. I don't. Go to Pilsner. Like Take which I don't, pills want the funk. <laughs> yeah, I, Pilsner I'm is really just good. such a like even even like a, a if you want a beer ass beer, I would still go IPA, not you know not Pilsner. Like I, for some reason, Pilsner is just kind of like meh to me. So. Maybe that's the, I, the the reasoning behind the, uh, the yeah. Rating. I can get that, but there are some times that you just want you don't want you know. Okay, I'll put it this way: ha- having drank a whole lot of heavy beers lately, because it's all that's in my fridge. Mm. It's real nice to have something refreshing. But like even though, like even a um, like as we've called this, like the lawnmower this is beer, like I've bought too, not just right, right. Um, but like even like the the lawnmower beer or whatever, um, I would go like founders all day ipa or something mm. something similar mm. to that like i still like pilsner does not cross my mind i guess could because sometimes it does lack that um the bubbly i guess <laughs> yeah the bubbly yes Bublé. it does help all right well uh to scoot this along uh i am enjoying a 420 strain from sweetwater brewing it's the 420 g13 ipa g13 was referring to the experience experimental hops that were being used in this to provide that dank sensation. 
So uh, this is from Sweetwater. It's an IPA. It comes in at 6% ABV, 48 IBUs, kind of low on the IBU side, and a beer advocate score of 4.01 out of 5. So uh, that is pretty high, pretty strong words come from beer advocate. G13 IPA is a strange new strain indeed. We took the dank hot profile you'd expect from a hazy IPA and married it with uh, turpins and natural hemp flavors. The result is a big yet balanced IPA that mimics the aroma and taste of heady green G13. G13 IPA is a sticky super hybrid that's ready to rip. Pungent and dank aromatics on this uh, turpin infused IPA. Fill the room. They do indeed. Once you pop that cap, uh, we went. So this was made with turtles. <laughs> indeed, we went with an aggressive dry hop schedule with uh, interlaces nicely with unique flavors. Bring forward citrus and earthy notes, followed by a resinous finish. Uh, this one's on fire. So uh, is brewed with Columbus and Simcoe in the boil and dry hops. So uh, I decided to drink this one because it's still hanging around in the fridge. And two, to go ahead and shill out uh, for our patrons, we did uh, a whole dank off mm. on 420. And that is, uh, if you're missing Casey in some of these episodes, again, he's dealing with his three new children, twins, and the brewery. He is still in the process of birthing. Uh, so he is not able to make a lot of these episodes, but he was able to hop in with us on that 420 episode for the Dank Off, where we did some of the dankest beers uh, nationally available. So if you want to know who won the Dank Off, or as we said, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the dankest? The dankest of them one of all. Uh, also, kind of a bonus thing in there, Casey, um, let's say, does a little science experiment with some flavors that he has. It's uh, true. That as, was that was in, yeah. that was interesting and really good. Things things get a little a little crazy when Casey, who is you know working on brewing, suddenly goes, "Hey, wait a second. And he's like, I have this over here. I have extracts and <laughs> yeah. all this stuff over here. We can start start mixing some things in here because I brought up you can get there's a variant of this uh, particular beer that is a uh, I think it's like mango Kush or something like that. You can get spoilers and and in Casey's like, huh. Yeah, if you haven't heard it yet, it is on the patron-only feed, so you do have to be a patron member. Um, it is not exclusive, though, to whichever tier you're on. It's just if you're a Patreon supporter, you can give us you can hear it. a buck, and you can get access to yeah. all that, including the whole back catalog where you can figure out, you know, with our very first patron episode, which was uh, Sam Adams' Utopias. Mm. God, mm. I want some more of that stuff. Every time I walk by where we bought Utopias, I just kind of go, still not there again. It won't be for I swear, that stuff with, um, that with the, uh, the, four, the goat cheese thing Did it thing come out this did? last year? No. That was every two years. I thought it was... I thought it was every four. See, now we have to Google this. We'll um, have to Google it later. Let's, yeah, we'll yeah. look into it later. But uh, in the meantime, you can subscribe and get some resources at haveadrinkshow.com. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on social media and twitch.tv and, you know, where where the people are. That's where we are. I want to be where the people are. <laughs> I want to be, want to see them drinking. I say I want to be where and, the people are drunk. We've got to put an album right. out at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. Use the e- uh, email address feedback at com. 
got to use the feedback page on the website. If you want to tell me to stop singing Disney songs in the middle of the show. I don't know. We, we could keep going. I can't cleaning. really stop it, but I can try. <laughs> All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone, please drink responsibly. Yes, and you can check us out again for the next live episode next Saturday. Uh, again, we, we haven't, uh, we've been a little um, uh, flexible, we'll say, on our times, but <laughs> we there do... There are babies that disagree with, with when we, we go. <laughs> yes, uh, outside forces dictate such things, but uh, we do tend to still do them on Saturdays regardless. So um, you can check us out next weekend again for our next live episode. Remember to check out patreon.com slash have a drink show. Once again, I am Brittany Lee Walker. I'm Justin Frazier. And I'm Christopher Walker. We'll see you guys next time. Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> <laughs>